speaking in that way takes practice and to soften and to help them lean into you. Quite often I'll lead a comment like that with a statement around where this is coming from. Like Natalie, this is coming from a place of love. And I'm saying this to you in this way because I need to wake you up. You're caught in a place of being addicted to shame. You are caught in a place of codependency. You are holding yourself back from living the life that you want to live because you don't believe that you can do this for yourself. And I need to wake you up today because you can. And the only way to live the life you want to live is to learn how, and it's going to suck. And I'm going to trigger you and you're going to cry. And that's all okay because I'm here to hold you through it. But you have to be here for that part of it. Hi, I'm Laura, host of Expand, the podcast for coaches who crave more fulfillment in the work that they do, more meaningful results in the clients they serve, and more confidence to rebel against the traditional boxes our coaching industry has placed us in so we can expand into the bigness of what we're truly capable of. When you're ready, let's jump right in. Natalie, let's do this. (laughs) Natalie, I posted all my stories or questions. She yeah, said, okay. submits a question, literally how to compassionately hold, call people out on their bullshit. <laughs> like, um, let's do this. Let's do this. Well, I mean, like, honestly, I've been paying attention because it doesn't matter, like, or it doesn't appear to matter, like what's going on in your life. Like I'll hear some of the things, like some of the questions that I've asked some questions that other people ask. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she basically is telling them that they're in their own way, that they're tripping over their own face. And it like does not come off that way at all. And so I'm like, okay, this is an art that I need to, that I need to get on with. So mm-hmm. since submitting the question, I think the things that I've been like trying to like piece together on my own is the rituals make all the difference in the world. Um, so what started, what started the question, me and my husband were out on a walk, a waddle on Sunday afternoon, it's a thousand degrees, <laughs> yeah. a million pounds, um, like, and then this one client who we had, like, we had a boundaries discussion last week. It's not the same one I had a call with. It's another, I've got three clients pushing my boundaries right now. Okay. Um, we had a conversation about boundaries and ever since we had that conversation, all I can, all I feel from her is like her frustration that I'm trying to enforce my boundaries. And so it's been really interesting to see because ever since we had that conversation, she's all outside my boundaries. Like none of it's within them. Mm. And before it was like, you know, it would teeter back and forth. And so it's a Sunday very clearly. Don't no, no. If you're me, have an emergency on Sunday, call 911. Um, and so, you know, she starts, she starts it on her craft on Sunday and I was like, okay. And then the second client sent her check-in response late. And we've already had a conversation on this. Like I'm not available for, for late check-ins. I'm already out of that space, blah, blah, blah. And her check-in, I even sent it to my assistant coach. I'm like, I want to know how you would navigate this. Um, She's like, she's like, I'm just struggling all the time. I don't know why I'm struggling. She's like, actually, I think I'm struggling because I don't get enough face-to-face time with you. And I need more one-on-one calls and something else. And so my assistant coach was like, she actually just blamed her not doing anything on you. And I was like, yes, but you know, from that perspective, there's two things that I'm like 
in my head, like the first thing, like when it's a thousand degrees and people are pushing my boundaries, I'm like, you just need to go, go away. I can't do <laughs> this anymore. Get out of my Bye. face. Yeah. After doing the ritual and like sitting down yesterday morning, I'm like, okay, I'm torn between like this place of some of these people just aren't meant for me. Like I can't help you and wanting to coach them to overcome the fact that like their bullshit is going to keep them stuck for forever. Mm -hmm. And so that's the hard piece because I want these people to like make the shift. I want them to make the change. And then the other interesting fact was, is I got so pissed off over this, this lady her name's Holly, um, blaming like all her lack of progress on the fact that like, I'm not like, you know, coddling her the whole way. Mm-hmm. And a previous version of myself would have like just panicked and it been like, okay, Holly, well, how many calls a week do you need to like make this happen? But I'm, I'm like, no, cause this is not my, this is not my shit. Like you yeah. need to deal, you need to be an adult. You're 40 years old. Um, so yeah, so then I was like, okay, I need to work on skills to be able to compassionately like empower people to get out of their shit so that they can move forward rather than this constant struggle bus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Where to start first. Thank you for recognizing my magic superpower of calling people out compassionately. This takes a lot of practice. You're right. It is an art and it used to terrify me to put people on the spot. But what I realized is that when you really genuinely meet them in a place of love and compassion that comes from like, you feel it, you just want them so badly to see what you see. You cannot do this in a way that's not compassionate. It's impossible, but you have to truly feel it. If you're forcing it, it's going to come off as forced and fake. So The first step is you shifting yourself into a place where it, you don't feel attached to whether they see it your way or not. And you're totally fine with it taking as long as it needs to take in order for them to see it in the way that they need to see it in order to move forward in their life. Okay. Like you detaching from how they're viewing things and what they're expecting and what they want And staying true to yourself is step one, always. So when a client messages you on Sunday, I wouldn't even open it. When a client doesn't check in, like checks in late, I wouldn't even open it. Because as soon as you open it, now you're shifting yourself into this place of having a dialogue around how frustrating it is and and them overstepping boundaries. Just you need to maintain your boundary, not only for them, but also for yourself. So I think that's a very important first baby step is just if they're overstepping your boundary, but you're still reading that message, you're letting them, you know what I mean? Like have the boundary and protect it if you're going to have it and get to that message when you get to it and let that, let that feel uncomfortable, but also let it be okay. It can feel uncomfortable and it can also be okay. Those two things can go together until it feels normal. And that will happen. It will come with practice. Okay. I'm waiting on that. Yeah, I know. It takes a while. It takes a while. It took me a long time to really see that this was in service of my client. Um, In terms of having the conversation and calling people out, I find it most helpful to do so from a position of 
I need to know first exactly where they're stuck so that I can direct them to see that that one single thing. If we're just having a, a conversation around you're in your own way and you're not right. really putting it like that doesn't ever work. Right. Because it's too out here. You know, we need to be able to look at what is the one thing that you believe that I need to shift so that you can get out of your way. Because anything else is just noise. We're just dancing around the real issue. So for Holly, Holly's the one that messaged you on saying that she was blaming everything on you. Holly, right? Well, she didn't point blank. Like her, she's struggling because she doesn't have access to one-on-one calls and FaceTime and all that stuff. Okay. So before I drop the hammer, what I would do is I would get on a call with her and I would swim around in it with her. And I would do it from a place of interesting. Tell me more. I really need to understand how you see this so that I can meet you in this. So if we had more calls, how would that change things for you? So well, Holly doesn't get calls at all though. Okay. That's so then I would just video message her or email her back and be like, cool, let's talk about this. If you were to have calls, how would that change things for you? What do you feel you would be able to do that you can't do right now? Is it really that we're not talking or is it that you're not actually engaged in the conversation we are having? Are you not paying attention to what I'm asking you to do? Are you not feeling connected to this journey with me? Like, I want to know where the disconnect is because maybe she does need calls. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe she does in order to see progress. And if that's the case, maybe she's not a client for you, but if we let our ego run with it, then we're just going to operate from a place of defense rather than really understanding what she means and why she believes that. And then through that conversation, we can pull out, oh, she thinks she needs calls because she wants someone to hold her accountable to doing the things. And she wants to show up and be face to face with someone so that she has to say, no, I didn't do it and shame herself into moving. Right. Right. And if that's the case, we know that's never going to work anyways. So now we can have a conversation about it. That's pointed and direct and firm where it's like, Holly, you want this because you're used to shaming yourself into moving. You want this because you're used to making yourself feel guilty enough to motivate yourself to do something. How has that worked for you up until now? How would it feel if you felt intrinsically driven to move and you didn't need me on the phone with you for the next 12 months in order to change your life? How would that feel? So I'm going to ask you again, do you want calls or do you want to get to a place where you aren't codependent on your coach to change your life? Do you know what I mean? Like from that place, Natalie, you yeah, can but do how so do I direct. figure that out? Like, that's exactly, <sighs> like, that's exactly it. Like, she went on and on and on. She's like, you, because I send voice memos. She's like, you asked me all these great questions in the voice memo. And she's like, but I can't remember them. And I'm like, before I did my ritual, I was like, bitch, write them down. Like, <laughs> which is like, which is like, so especially, I guess right now, right now, and just my physical discomfort is not a great time for me to be on calls. Cause it took me a minute to like 
move my body. Like you can't be agitated. Like we have to see both sides of the coin here and like really get into how she's feeling and how she's reacting on an emotional thing and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly, exactly what she is trying to do. Yeah. It's just, here's what I want you to begin to practice. This is the art. Okay. You have to ask yourself, she's asking you for calls. What's the subtext? That's the question I always ask myself. Whenever any of you are talking and you're facing a struggle, I'm always looking for what are you actually asking me? What do you actually mean by that? What are you actually experiencing that you think the answer to this question is going to solve? And then I'm going to solve that thing. So for her, she doesn't trust herself. She has never had to hold herself accountable. She's been moving herself forward through shame and blame and guilt because that's what's normalized in our industry. Right. And it's the thing that she's comfortable with. It's all she's known. But it stops here. So a really good lesson is whenever somebody desires more connection with you, it's because they are not feeling connected to themselves. So we need to, and they're leaning on you. They're trying to create a codependency link to you to fill that. Mm -hmm. But codependency can only exist if you are engaging in that codependent relationship. So if we, if we have a hard stop and we turn that around on them and we coach them through that, it's going to be massively triggering, very emotional and comfortable, but so in service of where they actually want to go in their life. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So how do I get better at reading between these lines? I mean, cause when I stop to think, I'm like, okay, like I can read in between this. Okay. Do you have another client scenario that we can play out and I can coach you through? Um, not, she's not at well. Yes. Yes. Um, so the one that I had the phone call chat with last week, her, um, her issue is, is that if someone doesn't call her out, she's not going to show up for herself. And so we kind of had a lengthy discussion about that. And I felt good about where we were going, but now it's been another week and she hasn't done anything that she said that she was going to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a very similar, different context, similar pattern. So Mm -hmm. with her, when she's telling you, if, if you don't call me out, notice the words she's using, call me out Mm -hmm. as aggressive, right? If you don't call me out, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do the things that I'm supposed to do. Also notice the language supposed to do. What do you Mm -hmm. see as an underlying belief that she might have that is causing her to think that this is her reality, that this is the way that she's wired? Um, from, From her lens, my assumption of her is, is it's, a, it's, it's rooted in a lack of, of self-worth, mm-hmm. um, that she doesn't feel like without someone pulling her up, that she is worthy enough to rise up to what she wants to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I think on a very deep level, that is absolutely true. Let's look one layer up from that. So that's very hard. It's really hard for someone to admit low self-worth. It's a very 
deeply rooted, heavy admission, um, even though that really is underpinning most of where people are feeling stuck. If we look one layer up and we look at the language she's using around it, if you don't call me out, I won't do the things I'm supposed to do. The energy behind those words to me feels very forceful and aggressive and like she's used to being pushed in a direction. And if no one's pushing her, she's just going to stay stuck in mud basically. Right. So I would maybe explore that a bit with her. Like what about this relationship requires me to be forceful with you in order for you to take action? Does it feel comfortable for you or familiar for you if I'm aggressive, if I'm calling you out, telling you where you're doing bad, making you feel guilty for not taking action? Does that motivate you? Where did you learn that that's how you get motivated? How do you, oh, and this is good. If you're requiring me to be forceful, how are you talking to yourself? If she wants you to be forceful with her, calling her out, pushing her forward, how do you think her internal dialogue is? Incredibly aggressive would be my assumption. And how does that dialogue work for her? Because if, if she's aggressive with herself and it doesn't move her, what makes her think that you being aggressive with her is going to move her? Because she's disappointing you? Because she has codependency issues? Probably. So why is it okay to disappoint you, but it's not okay to disappoint her? Or why is it not okay to disappoint you, but it's okay to disappoint herself, is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This this makes me feel better because yesterday I created all this content that I was so proud of. And mm-hmm. by the time I went to bed, I was like, I quit. I don't do this anymore. I was like, I'm just done. Um, because oh I, I mean, I do get the conversations where people are like, you know, this doesn't work. I'm just going to go back to Octavia. And I'm like, you know, for the most part, it's like perception ego. I'm like, what? can Octavia do for these people other than starve them to death um, that I can't do for people? Like how is their messaging and their like fake coaching, mm-hmm. uh, you know, convincing these people that that's what they need. Mm-hmm. Shame. So that, Lots of shame. Yeah. 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 So that's where I'm like, like literally if these people will like lean in, I can change their lives, but I've got to work on the bridge between them really understanding um, what I'm trying to accomplish with them. You know, Natalie, you have something really unique about you that I want you to begin practicing using inside of these interactions. Okay. It's very similar to myself. Actually, I see this in you a lot. I believe that you have a really special gift where you can be firm and direct and clear without triggering or without causing them to pull away or judge themselves. 
you have this like this energy about you. I've seen it in your videos. I've seen it in this room where you can be very pronounced in your presence. When I'm calling someone out, I speak slow and firm and I look them in the eye and I make sure that they're connected to me because I want them to feel safe to receive whatever it is I'm offering them. You can do the same thing. So in any of these conversations, lean in, don't lean back, be firm (laughs) and clear. I know, I know. Hold the phone. Just be very like, let them feel you is what I'm trying to say. Let them feel how important it is that you hear them. That power in your voice is innate in you. You already have it. You don't need to practice that. You just need to let it out. Let yourself get angry. Usually when I'm calling someone out, it's because if they believe what they currently believe, that means that they're not going to change their life. And that enrages me that they're listening to someone else's beliefs. So I I always am a little bit angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every, yeah. I would say nine out of 10 check-ins that I go through not, not angry at the client sometimes. Um, but most of the time it's like, I can hear messaging from all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, where did this bullshit come from? Yep. Exactly. Feel that, like, let that fuel the conversation. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, I think now that you say that, actually, Holly has told me before that <laughs> I'm firm and direct and clear, like basically verbatim. Um, so that's interesting. But I, I think um, I think what I'm realizing hearing you say that is probably rooted in, in my false self is the fact that I um, uh, fear or perceive that by coming off firm and direct that. I am shaming people. And I know that the place that I'm coming from is like the polar opposite of that. But I see so much shame everywhere that I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. Um, so that's, yeah, I need to, I need to remind myself of that because they need firm and directness and the, the deep, deep other side. And the other fact, I mean, like all the time, like it's a weekly occurrence, I'll talk to somebody and they'll be like, you sound so Southern, but you don't speak like a Southern person. And so I have that like messaging in my head. I'm like, I'm Southern. I'm supposed to be like slow and bless your heart and all that crap. Um, no. no, you're the first, furthest thing from that. You are so potent in what you want to say. Yeah. You know, speaking in that way takes practice and to soften and to help them lean into you. Quite often I'll lead a comment like that with a statement around where this is coming from. Like Natalie, this is coming from a place of love. And I'm saying this to you in this way because I need to wake you up. You're caught in a place of being addicted to shame. You are caught in a place of codependency. You are holding yourself back from living the life that you want to live because you don't believe that you can do this for yourself. And I need to wake you up today because you can. And the only way to live the life you want to live is to learn how, and it's going to suck. And I'm going to trigger you and you're going to cry. And that's all okay because I'm here to hold you through it, but you have to be here for that part of it. 
And then from that place, offer her what you want to say. Because now she knows where you're coming from. You're rallying for her. You're not rallying at her. That's the difference. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. This was super helpful. I'm glad I asked that question. Good. I'm glad you did too. That got me all like jacked up. That's amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're so welcome. And one last thing, just be patient with yourself as you practice it. It's not always going to come out perfect. You're going to put your foot in your mouth sometimes, but nothing you say can't be undone. Okay. So just let yourself speak from the heart and trust and your, your skill, your art will evolve into the way you're meant to show up in those conversations. Yeah. But because you have pure compassion and love for these people, you're not going to go wrong. You can't, it's impossible. You just have to let them feel what you're feeling and they will be in it with you. And if they don't receive, then I let it go. And if they don't receive, hold the space for them to be triggered. I've triggered most of you at some point in our relationship. And whether you showed it on this screen or not, I felt it. And all I do is I just open myself to hold that space without absorbing it as my responsibility to fix or take away because it's your right to be triggered. And if I'm not triggering you in some way, then I'm not growing you. Right. So if she gets triggered and reactive or resistant, just something like, Natalie, I feel like I've triggered you. I want you to know that that's okay. Because if we're not having hard conversations, what are we even doing? Right. It's okay to be resistant to what I'm saying. It's okay to take time and space and sit with this. I'm still going to be here. Thank you so much for listening. The episode you just took in was actually a behind the scenes clip from inside my mentorship program for coaches called Trigger Mapping. So if you enjoyed what you heard and you'd like to know a little bit more about what trigger mapping is all about, I have the details linked up in the show notes for you to check out. From there, if what I have to share feels aligned with your next evolution as a coach, I encourage you to apply so that we can explore more intimately where you're at and make sure this checks all the boxes for you. I cannot wait to link arms with you. Be meeting you soon.